0: Hello there Foundation Church, my name is Owen and I'm the pastor of Grace Church Cardiff. We're a two-year-old church plant based here in Wales's capital city and it's a real joy to be able to with, be with you through the wonders of technology today even if we can't be with you in person. Uh, we've got to know the Haywoods over the last couple of years through our common partnership in advance and begun to hear of all that God is doing through Foundation Church and uh, we send our greetings from Grace Church Cardiff And uh, send much love to you all. Today, I want to share a message with you on the theme of finding God in life's curveballs. Finding God in life's curveballs. And we're going to unpack that theme through a story that we find in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, the story of a man called Jacob. And so if you've got Bibles, please feel free to turn to Genesis 28. We're going to read verse 10 to 22. Story of a man who found God in the midst of a curveball that was thrown his way. So let me read verse 10 to 22 of Genesis 28 and then we'll unpack it together. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed and behold, there was a ladder set up on earth and the top of it reached heaven. Behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I've done what is promised. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and he poured oil on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, which means the house of God. But the name of the city was Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I've set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Let me say a short prayer and then we'll dive into what the Lord might have to say to us today from this message father God I thank you that you know each person watching this stream today Lord you know the scars of the past you know the pressures of the present you know the path ahead father thank you that you are a present God thank you that Jesus promised to be with his people always to the end of the age I pray Lord God that you would presence yourself As I speak from your word today, that we may know you drawing near and might find find fresh courage in that. We ask in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to imagine for a moment that you're standing at the crease, baseball bat in hand, waiting, ready to face the oncoming ball. You've prepared for this moment for all of your life, but you're on strike three two missed shots haven't affected your confidence up to this point you've been here before and as the crowd chants the adrenaline tightens your grip on the bat and the pitcher steps up to the mark to throw the next ball you've meticulously studied this pitcher he he bowls straight and true and fast but he steps up and he bends his body as the sweat drips And he releases the ball. And before you know it, you are called out. What has happened in this scene that's been painted of a a baseball batter facing the oncoming ball? What has happened? What has happened is you've been bowled. What has been termed a curveball? A curveball. It comes from the game of baseball uh, originally, but... We use that phrase in everyday life, don't we? It's a phrase that describes something happening that is unexpected, surprising and disruptive. And I wonder what curveballs you are living with in your life. Maybe you had plans for 2020 as a church, as individuals. But this coronavirus pandemic has thrown us all a curveball, hasn't it? It has disrupted our plans. It has brought a whole load of uncertainty to the door of our lives. How do we face life's curveballs? Well, the Bible is not foreign to people who walk through seasons and situations that were unexpected, surprising and disruptive. The Bible tells the story of the people of God living under the rule and the reign of a sovereign God who is working things out for his people's good and for his ultimate glorious plan. But that doesn't mean that sometimes in God's wisdom and mystery, things don't happen in our lives that are unexpected, surprising and indeed disruptive. One such person who faced such a curveball was this man, Jacob. Jacob had in the previous chapters received his father's blessing. In that day and age that would have meant indestructible favour on his life in the days to come. And so he could have been fooled into thinking everything's going to be plain sailing for now but we find him here in Genesis 21 on the run. Circumstances external to him have spiralled out of control. His brother is filled with hatred for Jacob because the track record of Jacob's deceptions Jacob's sinfulness Jacob is no perfect saint he is a man flawed fearful a failure like you and me left to ourselves and here he has come to this uncertain disruptive moment where he's on the run from his family home he's going to go 500 miles by foot by the end of this journey His life has been turned upside down. And yet living with this curveball as he is, Jacob receives what I believe all of us need to be need to receive when we face curveballs in life. See, things that happen that are disruptive and surprising remind us that life is uncertain. But as followers of Jesus, as people who have a faith in a God like Jacob's God, We have a certainty in the foundation of our life that can carry us through the most disruptive seasons when health and wealth and relationships can no longer be taken for granted. When those things are disrupted, when our personal freedoms and rhythms are interrupted, we have a firm place to stand. And our firm place to stand is on the revelation of who our God is into Jacob's curveball arrives a revelation of who his God is and it makes all the difference for his path ahead so across these few moments now I just want to help us to see from this passage how does God reveal himself to Jacob in his curveball how might God reveal himself to us today to encourage us on the journey ahead The first way God reveals himself to Jacob is as the God of weary wanderers. The God of Jacob is the God of weary wanderers. We find Jacob here reaching the end of himself, fleeing from his family home, faced with uncertainty, probably thinking this is the end And as a symbol of his disappointment, he is tired from a day's journey 50 miles up to this point. And so he brings a stone and puts it under his head as a pillow, a symbol of the disappointment he is living with in his life. I wonder if you've ever been there. Life has caught up with you. Disappointments have flooded in. And yet he has an encounter with God. A God who reveals himself as the God who loves to meet with people when they are alone, isolated, as Jacob was here and as we are. And tired, wearied at the end of ourselves. This is the God of Jacob, the God of weary wanderers. Your weariness and your brokenness does not disqualify you from an encounter with God today. He comes close to those who are beaten up and bruised by life, to those who feel themselves fragile and vulnerable, as we all are. Since the fall in Genesis three chapters before, humanity has separated itself from the security and the shelter of life in relationship with God. And we've been propelled into this world of uncertainty, this world of difficulty and the mission of God throughout the Bible story is to reconcile himself to these human beings who have gone their own way. And here in the meeting with Jacob through this dream, as Jacob is tired and weary, we see this God who comes near. When we face time of uncertainties, I don't know about you, but one of my go to responses can be flight. Flight. I want to run away. I want to find a place I can hide for some comfort and some security to the mountains of Wales or to the seaside. But actually, all through the Bible story, the God of Jacob, the God of weary wanderers, is described as a refuge for us. Listen to some of these descriptions of God in the Psalms. Psalms 20. May the name of the God of Jacob a weary wanderer like you and me, protect you. God is a protective God. Psalm 46, the God of Jacob, weary wanderers, is our fortress. Psalm 81, God, our strength, is the God of Jacob. Psalm 146, verse 5, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob. In Jacob's story, we see our own story. We have all wandered and we are all battered and bruised by life. And yet, in Jacob's story, we see a God who still comes near to us. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of this God. We were lost and desperate in our sins, but God sent his son from heaven to earth to find us. God finds you as you are. He loves you as you are. He comes near to you today as you are. Even what Jacob sees here in this dream is a reminder of that. He sees a ladder set up between heaven and earth, a connection point with this God. Whilst he is feeling far from home, God makes himself known as the one who wants to be his home. God wants to be that for you when everything else feels unsettled. But the amazing thing is Jesus in John chapter one, verse fifty one reveals himself to the disciples as that ladder that Jacob saw in the dream. He says to his disciples, you will see the son of man, me, with angels ascending and descending on him. It's a strange image. But what Jesus is doing is referring back to this encounter and saying that ladder that Jacob saw that gave him hope that there was a God who knew him in his weariness and his brokenness. That ladder is me. Christ came to restore us to God. Christ came to show us that God is the God of weary wanderers. Christ came to show us that though life might not be easy when we're following him. God can be our home and our certainty. May you know that today and encounter him as the God who is near when you are weary and weak. The second revelation Jacob has of God here is that the God of Jacob is discovered to be the God of glory. See, in this dream, he sees this amazing picture of angels, heavenly beings and this ladder set up to heaven. And it's this heavenly sight of glory. But then it says the Lord stood above it. He saw Yahweh himself. That's the Hebrew for the the title, the Lord here. He had a revelation of the glory of God. When we're facing inner turmoil, when we're facing uncertainty and disruptions, we can close in on ourselves, can't we? Life can become very small. I don't know if that's been your experience in this lockdown time, but stuck between these four walls and with the same people, life can feel very small. Human beings like to connect to something that's bigger than them, to transcendence through travel and exploration, through getting out and seeing the world. That's all been taken away from us. As it was taken away in many ways from Jacob, he was restricted, no longer had access to the same resources he had back at home. But God comes to blow the lid off, as it were, to remind Jacob that he is so much bigger, so much greater than Jacob's little confined life and Jacob's problems and circumstances. When circumstances feel so big and so real, God comes to reveal himself as the God of glory to us. Like that BBC show, which I think was based on a book, The Borrowers. These little kind of human creatures that were this big living below the floorboards of the house and they thought that their reality was all that that was. They thought they were so big until they realised there are human beings that are giants compared to us. There is a helpful revelation that comes in recognising I'm small. I'm not in control of this world. I'm fragile. I'm weak. But I am connected through friendship with Jesus, through faith in Jesus. I am connected to this glorious God, the God of heavenly wonders, the God of angels, the God who is the Lord, Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth, the covenant keeping God, the God who's spirit spinning the universe right now who flung stars into space the god who sustains our every breath the god of mountains and valleys and waterfalls and grassy plains the god of wildebeests and of dogs and of lions and of elephants the god of beauty this glorious god creator is our god jacob leaves this encounter seeing this ladder saying this place is a holy place. This is none other than God's house. How awesome. He's, he's afraid. It's a reverence, a recognition that God is glorious. And into our uncertainty, I believe God will want to speak to you today of his greatness, of his authority, of his sovereignty. A preacher called John Piper tells the story of how he was preaching On another picture like this in the Bible in Isaiah chapter six, when God opens the eyes of Isaiah to the glories of God's throne room in heaven. And Isaiah is bowled over by this vision of God's holiness and his majesty. And John Piper tells the story of how he just preached for 40 minutes on the glory and the majesty of God. And after the message, Lady comes up to him and says, thank you so much. Recently lost my husband, I faced a lot of personal tragedy, and what I needed to hear was that God is still great. God is still on the throne, and maybe you need to hear that today. You need to hear that God is glorious. And the part of his glory, as he reveals to Jacob here, is his faithfulness. He is faithful to the end. He says to Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham and Isaac, your grandfather and father. Look at my track record through the generations, how I keep my people, how I am faithful to my my character. We need our eyes lifted from just our circumstances to see the glory of God, to see his faithful track record through history. That this coronavirus pandemic or any other uncertainties facing you in your life, it's not a surprise to God. And He has a faithful track record to carry His people through. He will not let you down. He is all powerful, He is great, He is on the throne. Be reminded of that today. May you freshly remember the greatness of our God. And finally, the final revelation that Jacob receives of God here in this difficult place, in this curveball that he's been dealt, is the revelation that the God of Jacob, the God of weary wanderers, the God of glory, but also is the God of promises. See, the reason God comes to Jacob is to remind him of his promises, his promises of Jacob of a land. I have a land for you, Jacob. His promises of an offspring. Jacob, you're going to have a family that's going to spread abroad and bless the nations through your offspring. All the nations will be blessed. And the promise of his presence. Jacob, I'll be with you wherever you go. We read it in verse 15 to 17. He's the God of promises. When we face curveballs, one of the things that gets thrown up in the air is our future. Our future looks uncertain there was a missionary called William Carey who once said having faced many uncertainties in his life in India the future is as bright as the promises of God the future is as bright as the promises of God there are many predictions in the news politicians and scientists trying to work out what our lives are going to look like from this point on You know, as followers of Jesus, we don't place our hope in those things. We listen to them. We honour them. But our hope is in the promises of God. A God who has promised us an offspring. We are part of the family of God through faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done in our place on the cross and in rising again from the dead. We're part of God's family. We have an offspring. And God is at work in the nations today in Cardiff and in Wokingham. To draw people to himself. Remember the promise of Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell will never prevail against it. We are the inheritors not only of the promise of an offspring, but of the promise of a land. That at the end of life's journey, we know that we are heading to a new heaven and a new earth where Christ reigns forever and banishes evil and death. Where sorrow and tears and disease will be no more. That's on the horizon, friends. Lift your eyes today from the curveball that's hit your life to the certainty of our hope in heaven. We have the promise of God's presence in the here and now. That he is with us on this journey every step of the way, that he will never forsake us. He's holding us in this season. And when we are hit with disappointment, he comes close to us and says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. How do we receive these promises? How do we know this awesome God of weary wanderers of glory and the God of promises? It's not based on our merit. Jacob did nothing to earn these amazing promises. You can do nothing to earn the promise of God's good in your life. The promise of heaven to come. The promise of being part of God's family now. The promise of his presence on the journey. You can do nothing to earn it. We're sinners. We fall short. Jacob inherited these promises through faith, through being part of the family of Israel that God had determined to bless. We, too, inherit these promises, not on our merit, but by faith in Jesus. Jesus secured these gifts for us. It's his work that counts, not ours. Jacob will be a failure for many chapters yet in his story in Genesis. The good news is that Christ has achieved these things for us. It's through faith in him that we can know God as the God of promises in our life. And so to close, how will you respond today? This is who God is for you. The God of weary wanderers, the God of glory, the God of promises. Who wouldn't want to live in friendship with this God? And yet it's really interesting how Jacob responds in verse 18 to 22. In the morning, he takes the stone and he pours all over it and he makes it into a worship altar to God. He takes this symbol of disappointment and he turns it into praise. That's a beautiful picture that I'd encourage you to do today. Take your disappointments turn them into praise but then Jacob actually does something that's not so great he puts conditions on his surrender to God if God will do this for me then I will follow him he says Jacob will come to the place where he fully surrenders his life to God where the truth catches up with him flip this God really is for me This God really is gracious. This God really is glorious. This God is true to his promises. Why would I not want to surrender my life to him? Don't make the same mistake as Jacob today. We have a much surer grounds on which to set our surrender. Christ has come and revealed God to be this for us. That God is the God of weary wanderers, of glory and of promises surrender to him today take your disappointments present them as worship say like jacob nearly said this god is my god maybe for the first time put your faith and trust in jesus the ladder that makes a way back to god or maybe you're just in a difficult place maybe you've turned your back on god of late can i encourage you today is a great day to have an encounter with him to surrender to him, to remind your soul in this time of who he is for you. May God bless you, Foundation Wokingham, and any others watching this service today. He is present with us in the curveballs of life. Turn to him. Worship him.